Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Full gang here, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. Glad you're with us uh, this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in. Think we got a good show for you. Pat Greenwood is the color analyst for South Alabama football. He'll be joining us uh, to preview the uh, South Alabama team here in just a few minutes. Chris Fananini is a writer with The Athletic, which is a very uh, popular and growing uh, sports, uh, you would say, website. And uh, they cover a lot of stuff about the Sunbelt Conference. We'll have him uh, on the show later as well. Tomorrow, Pat McGee and uh, Brant Freeman from Texas State. Friday, Joy Lee McNellis. And Kelnack. Kelnack the, Kelnack the Magnificent. We have confirmed that he did get Nancy Pelosi out of uh, out of the Middle East, and uh, so she's gone. And Is that Hump? Hump. Hump's coming. You can hear him. You can hear Hump in the distance. <laughs> Hump the, the wonder... <laughs> the wonder camel. Or did you have lunch at the... It was the shrimp salad I had here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Pardon me. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. You'll never get indigestion eating there. The food there is good. You still go down there and eat that soft serve ice cream? Yeah, and, and actually, you know, I was in Los Angeles this weekend, you know, hanging out with uh, Lizzo and Kesha and some of the... Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. And, and ran into... There was a, there's a Dickie's Barbecue Pit in downtown Los Angeles. Is of all really? places. Yeah, that shows you how popular it is. You Some, can order. Something tell, tells me ours is a lot cleaner here than the one you saw. Yeah, there, and you right? can't get uh, tofu and avocados at, at ours Correct, here, right, like, right, over right. there. But what? Or, or give your what's left over to the homeless vagrant <laughs> sitting at the front door. Correct. <laughs> looking at looking at you with glassy eyes. Yeah, yes. Nancy Pelosi's uh, district. That's right. All right, so we want to thank Dickie's Barbecue. They'll sponsor or cater any event for you, large or small. They do a great job of catering. They've catered, catered a number of baseball weekends for me, and I can tell you that it's uh, always been delicious. All right, well, it's official. We talked about it earlier this week, but now it is official. Natalie Poole is the new women's softball coach. She comes to Southern Miss after 11 years at Memphis. Uh, prior to that, McNeese State. Had a lot of success at McNeese State. I think it's fair to say uh, Luke had mixed success at uh, at uh, Memphis. Yeah, and, and we were talking about some of that. Yes, she did. Her last winning season was in 2018. But you know, some people out there will look at Southern Miss and where we are, particularly with the junior college system in Mississippi, and think that the um, 
you know, she'll be able to continue to recruit high, high players. The, the biggest praise she got was uh, from Courtney Blaze Rogers, who uh, praised her and this is exactly what uh, Courtney said. I was excited to hear of Natalie's hiring at Southern Miss as the next softball coach. I've known Natalie since my younger days in club softball in Louisiana. You won't find a better woman to lead these athletes through their collegiate journey. I'm thrilled USM chose Natalie and look forward to the future with her at the helm of the program. So, I mean, yeah, you if you want somebody signing off, she uh, there's the most famous – uh, probably one of the best pitchers in NCAA history who is a Golden Eagle. So, well all, well, all she has to do to be successful is go find another Courtney Blades. Yeah, but I do think recruiting will will be somewhat better uh, because Southern Miss has shown uh, under Wendy Hogue and Brian Levan the ability to get good players in here. And if Coach Poole, being from Louisiana and having the success at McNeese, she obviously – has a lot of connections, not only in, in southeastern Louisiana, but in south Mississippi as well, which will help uncover any talent that might be out there. So this this might be a perfect fit for her. That's right. You don't know what the atmosphere is in Memphis. That, that may not be a, a softball area. You know, softball is not red hot in every part of the right. country. And, That's right. And Memphis may be one of those parts of the country. Well, we wish her luck. Uh, hopefully we can get her on the show here very soon. And uh and uh, we hope that uh, she enjoys great, great success. And I think there, there was just some, some tumult, you know, to different degrees the last, last couple of years. And uh, if, if nothing else, if, if all she can get accomplished is, is just kind of to have things settle down just a little bit and, and develop some, you know, consistency and continuity, that, that's a big plus right, right wow. out of the gate. And I'm sure that's got to be one of the top things on her punch list. Well, speaking of uh, coaching uh, women's sports, Jorley McNellis on the show Friday, you know, the last time she was here, she announced that she was actually not retiring, uh, as all the Internet gurus had indicated she was. So it'll always be fun to talk to her. Yeah, and, and you still, to this day, normally where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, on the Internet, usually, and it might not happen until two or three days later. But, man, whoever started that or got it going and people who jumped on that bandwagon could not have been more wrong uh, it, you remember it, what she said? What? And then she asked us. She said, "Do you do you guys know something I don't know? <laughs> have, have you talked to my boss?" You know. That's- so uh, Coach McNellis's golf tournament's coming up uh, here in a few weeks. We're gonna have her on Friday. She's truly one of our favorite people, and. Uh, She's always delightful. It's really cool if you go around campus. Now, I'm going to football practice tomorrow morning, but if you go around campus now, you start seeing students starting to filter back into different areas that have been kind of dormant the last month or so over the summer break. So the campus is starting to spring back to life, even though it's in the fall. And there's just something about a college campus and what it does for the, for the attitude of a community. And I'm looking forward to the academic year for Southern Miss getting going. You're looking forward to the academic year. Yeah, the academic year starts. Oh, for the so st- football starts. I yeah, got you. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Luke. Football practice uh, yesterday. Ben Milam from Big Gold Nation reporting um, that Zach Wilkie had a really good practice. Um, I, I think they got a, did a lot of special teams work yesterday. And kind of the quote of the day from Will Hall, he's, he continues to reiterate that we're not a finished product yet. Quote, we're not the 92 Cowboys. So uh, thanks, Coach Hall, for, uh, for that insight, of course. But th- this was an interesting um, – Are they 85 Bears? This was an interesting uh, article from, from MSN.com. And what it is, I love it when they do this because you really don't get coach speak, you get honesty. And so this was uh, – they kind of anonymously uh, talked to different coaches 
on different staffs in the Sun Belt to kind of get uh, people's honest opinion about what is uh, you know each of these teams. Appalachian State, this is what was said. You're going to see stretch and split zone on offense, and you're going to see a defense that sounds fundamentally and doesn't overcomplicate. Always an easy pick to win the league. Another team that we've talked about, Georgia State. What jumps out to you is how physical they like to play. They like to hit you, and they like to run, and they're starting to really make that identity. In the uh, in the West, what was said about Southern Miss, they're definitely still rebuilding, but they're doing it with a lot more talent that most teams uh, than most teams in their situation. They've been smart working the portal. This was the one that was intriguing for me because it. And I'll get to South Alabama, who we're going to talk about next segment. But this is what was said about Louisiana. This is an anonymous coach in the Sun Belt. With Billy Napier gone, what does the next era look like? They're losing production, leadership, identity, all of it. And we aren't sure how similar the schemes will be either. Sounds a lot like what Scott Watkins was talking about yesterday. And, you know, sometimes it's not how good you are, but it's how good is everybody else in your league. And I think everyone, the consensus so far from everyone is that the Sun Belt West, football-wise, is not going to be as strong as the East from top to bottom. So, yeah, Louisiana might not be as good as they were anywhere close to being as good as they were last year, but how good is everybody else? In and, the West. When, what, two teams even had winning records in the West? Yeah, and, and you go and look at that, and, and again, I, we 13-1 and last year. Awesome. But you go and look at that schedule, there were some nail-biters you know, you know, in there. Yeah, but, this they, what, but they won them all, Luke. Yes, that, that's my, that's yeah. my point, is that it's still 13-1. and one. What I'm yeah. getting at is, to your point, if if teams in the West play a little better, they will they will probably you know drop some of those games. Here's what's said about South Alabama, and I think this is why – um, you know, with Kane Womack down down in Mobile, a little. Uh, this is why they were voted number two uh, preseason in, in the West. Coaching uh, anonymous coach in the Sun Belt. They're a lot closer on the top of the league than or to the top of the league than people think. You look at their film, and they're already a whole different team under this staff. So people are seeing i just I, I like these type of articles because you don't get coach speak you get honesty and so you can see real quick um why south alabama uh is is you know at towards the top in in those preseason rankings all right we're gonna be talking uh to the uh, color analyst for south alabama football here in just a few minutes pat greenwood we're glad to have him on the show got a few seconds left so we'll remind you about mo bay beignet they're located on Hardy Street. That's where we will be on the 31st of August for two full hours at Mo Bay Beignet. We're looking uh, forward to that. They serve delicious uh, beignets. They cook them as you order them. They've got a great selection of coffees, both hot and cold. They're conveniently located right across the street from the campus. It truly is a great treat and a great place uh, to go Solve that sweet tooth, Kelly Sander. And that day that we are having the remote there, they are bringing in additional powdered sugar reinforcements, I guess. I think so. They're <laughs> bringing would... in extra personnel to cook the beignets for you, that, Kelly. That would be wise. That would be wise. All right, Pat Greenwood going to analyze South Alabama football when we come back.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Second segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored every day of the Super Talk Radio Network by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net on Hardy Street, right across from the USM campus. You can shop them online, of course, at CampusBookmart.net. Tell Miss Kathleen, the guys from the Eagle Hour, said hello, please, the next time you're in the store. And a quick reminder, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast every day, all day, on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us around the network this afternoon, and we appreciate all of those that uh, log into our podcast each and every day. Well, I don't need to tell Southern Miss fans about South Alabama. Up until recently, uh, they were sort of the nemesis of the Golden Eagles, and in football, I guess they remain that until the Golden Eagles uh, can knock them off. Pat Greenwood knows a lot about the uh, Jaguar football program because he is the color analyst on the South Alabama Radio Network. We're glad to have him on our show. And, uh, Pat, tell us uh, tell us about South Alabama. I, I kind of get the sense from all the things that we're reading and hearing that they're sort of a dark horse, I think, uh, to maybe challenge for the West. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, now, understand I'm the eternal optimist, okay? So that's a baseline for what I'm about to say. But I truly think that uh, ever since we've had football, this is – the most optimistic that the fan base has been. I think we've got uh, a great coaching staff in place. I think we've got great players uh, on top of great players. I think the, the the depth is probably the best that we've been. I think our schedule sets up pretty well. Uh, we open up the conference schedule with Louisiana, so I think we'll find out really quickly where we are. But I think for the first time in a long time, and maybe the first time ever, I think it would truly be – a disappointment if we don't at least go six and six or seven and five and go to a bowl game. You know, in our short history, we've only been playing football since '09 and only been playing Division One since 2012. We've been to two bowl games, which is fantastic, but we've each year we were six and six and we lost the bowl game. So we still have yet to have a, a, an actual winning season, and I think that is within grasp this year. So there's a lot of excitement around South Alabama football. All right, so second year of the new coaching staff, will we see much of what we saw last year? Do you think things have evolved? Some. I, I think there's a little bit of evolution, but I, I mean, I would say I think the difference is uh, the difference is the players. Uh, you know, they, they've had a year to recruit. Uh, it was such a quick turnaround in the recruiting process when uh, Coach Womack got his players in last year. I think they've got uh, more of their type of players in. I don't know if you're going to see a lot of difference in scheme or a lot of difference uh, in the way they do things, but I think the people that execute those things is where you'll see the difference. Our offensive line is a big question mark. Our running backs are a big question mark. But you look at the guys they've got in there now, and they're bigger uh, than, than what we're used to uh, you know, used to seeing. They're faster, stronger than what we're used to seeing. I think defensively that's going to be our calling card. Uh, the defense, I think, is very, very good top to bottom. In fact, just got off the practice field about 45 minutes ago, and Will Wyndham, who's one of our linebackers coaches, said the difference – defensively between this year and last year he says there's not a perceptible drop off between one and two and a group of five that's where you see you know the, the difference between the ones and the twos uh that's where it makes a difference across the board and defensively he says this is the best that they've been in terms of having those guys leveled out so um 
especially early in the season, if you can get your defense to carry you a little bit before the offense uh, evolves, then I think they've got a shot of doing some pretty decent things. Pat, this is Kelly Sander, um, and I wanted to ask you, one of the things that I tell Southern Miss fans as to why I think this series between South Al and Southern Miss is so big is um, you talked about South Al still being kind of in its infancy in its football program. Southern Miss used to rule the panhandle of Florida in in sure. recruiting and now South Al has gone in there and is certainly making you know some great recruitment efforts in that area and it's beginning to pay off that's why I think this series is especially big because that panhandle the western panhandle of Florida really rich in football talent yeah and and I think Kane and his staff have made a concerted effort they say that at a minimum they're going to sign five local kids a year but I think that what they've tried to do and local includes that Florida panhandle for us by the way um, but I think the thing that they're trying to do is keep the talent home. And in order to do that, you've got to have a winning program. But I think that's been a big focus, uh, a big part of recruiting. Um, you know, Mobile has been such an Alabama or an Auburn town for so long because we didn't have football as an option in Mobile. Um, and the bottom line is we've got to win. Uh, and if, if you can combine winning with some local talent, then I think all of a sudden you've got a, a, a really good thing cooking and, and you've got the potential down the road to have something like Southern Miss has had with the city of Hattiesburg where, uh, you know, it's, it's black and gold on game day. Uh, and that's what we want it to be red and blue in game day. We're not there yet as a city like Hattiesburg is. But I think uh, we've got the potential to do that. And, and a big part of that is keeping local talent here because there's a ton of it. And you know a little bit about Hattiesburg, don't you? Uh, yeah, back in, let's see, 94, 95, I was at WHLT for uh, for those two years before it shut down the first time. So I uh, lived in Hardy Manor, uh, which, by the way, last time we went and played you guys in baseball, I uh, went off of 33rd Street and found out that Hardy Manor is still still alive and kicking. So uh, I found my old apartment. Uh, great place, man. And, look, I love the fact that, uh, that Southern Miss and South Alabama are in the same conference now. Um, just there's there's no reason we're 90 miles apart. There's no reason to not play each other in everything. And I think uh, you know while obviously Troy is a good, good in-state rival for us, I think Southern Miss uh, is even closer than Troy. So uh, I think it's just great for the conference, great for both universities, and uh, I think for the fan bases, uh, we love it when you guys come down here, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys in November. Luke. Pat, thanks for coming on. Let's let's talk. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback position. Jake Bentley was a transfer last mm-hmm. year. Is it Desmond Trotter's job to lose? Is he is he pretty much your your starter? Well, I think it's going to come down between Desmond and uh, uh, Carter Bradley. Carter is a transfer from Toledo uh, who has a rocket for an arm. He's got two years uh, left of eligibility. So it's going to come down between those two. I, I think you've seen a a drastic improvement in Des. And, look, again, I'm biased. Des is such a great kid. I love – I just love him as a person, uh, you know, besides all the quarterback stuff. But I think it's going to come down between those two. Uh, they haven't made a decision yet that – question was asked again just about an hour ago. I think they want to make it as quickly as they can. Uh, you've seen Dez get a lot more comfortable with the offense and what they're trying to do. Uh, but Carter is a special talent. He's Gus Bradley's son, Gus Bradley of the NFL. Um, he had a relationship with Kane, and that's how Carter was able to wind his way down here. Um, but it, it's been a very good 
quarterback competition, and both of them have been running with the ones, both have been running with the twos, so it's pretty even at this point, but I think we'll know within maybe a week or so who it'll be. That said, I think we're in that age now, guys, where you're going to see two quarterbacks in most programs anyway. Whether it's an injury or whether it's you know somebody struggling, um, you know, I think they're in a good position that both of these guys have a pretty good grasp of the offense. You lose the uh, Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Year, Talbert, he went to the NFL, but what do you expect to see in, in the second year of major Applewhite's offense, it was a great hire, I thought, whenever Kane uh, went, went to Mobile. Do you think uh, you expect to see more of a development, uh, a more emphasis on the running game? What do you think you'll see out of Applewhite this year? Well, we're going to have to run the ball more because we didn't run. I think we only we, we averaged less than three yards a carry last year. That's got to improve. Um, but no, you look. You lose a talent like Jalen Tolbert, you're losing a ton. Um, but there's a guy, Jalen Wayne, who was right behind him and had a great year last year. Jalen is the I think the unquestioned leader of the uh, receiver receiving core at this point. Uh, you've got a guy named Devin Boyson who's been with the program for a while, who's really kind of stepped up into that open role as well. Colin Lacey is a local kid that we'll see a lot. Uh, I think we'll still throw to the tight ends and utilize those tight ends a lot, be it blocking or be it uh, in the pass game. Um, so yeah, I think Major Major has been a great um, uh, you know a great hire and certainly a guy that uh, you can see his hands all over the yeah. offense. But the bottom line is we've got to have a better offensive line. We've got to have a better running back, especially if we're looking at uh, a defense that is as good as we think it can be. It doesn't matter if they're on the sideline for three plays and have to come right back out. You know, we've got to have some ball control. So, uh, so I I don't see anything different that we will do from a scheme standpoint. But we've got a lot of new faces that will. uh, You're not going to replace Jalen Tolbert. We're going to try to fill some of those holes. Right. Last question for me. I asked this to Jay Walker from Louisiana yesterday. What is the maybe the one thing Southern Miss fans uh, should look forward to enjoying this year, uh, being a part of the Sun Belt Conference? Well, I think it's just good competition. Um, you know, and this is no offense to any conference, uh, out there, but I think the Sun Belt year after year, whether it's been perceived that way, uh, the, the competition is very good. I mean, top to bottom, you've got some good football in this conference. Not only is, well, not only in football, but just in every, in every aspect of every sport. Um, that the Sun Belt, for whatever reason, I don't think got as much recognition maybe as it should have. Um, but now with the addition of Southern Miss and Marshall and, and James Madison and Old Dominion, I think from sport to sport, you're seeing really quality teams every week. You know, there's, there are very few times when, Team A comes to town and you go, okay, well, that's, you know, in baseball, that's, those are three quick wins or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll win this basketball game by 30. Uh, there, there are no gimmies in this conference. And I think that'll be fun. I think the Sunbelt's done a great job also keeping those regional rivalries because now, you know, you guys will get a chance to develop something with Troy, which I think will be, uh, will be good for you with Louisiana. You get to do that on a yearly basis. Uh, and you're going to have games that you're going to be able to travel to, games that you're going to be able to enjoy, and again, good competition every week. So, uh, we are thrilled to have you guys in the conference. All right, Pat. We appreciate your time very much. Uh, look forward to the football game this fall. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you then. All right. Pat Greenwood, caller analyst for South Alabama football. And he can feel free to take a shot at Conference USA if he'd like. Yeah. Everybody else is. <laughs> uh, between football and baseball, this could become Southern Miss's number one rival in the next few years. Should be. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Pat Greenwood from South Alabama for joining us uh, in that earlier segment of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment, and that is the go-to place when Southern Miss football uh, is occurring. So uh, we know they'll have big crowds there every Friday night. And Probably Thursday night and Saturday nights after the game if they play during the day. They're right in the shadow of the rock, and we appreciate their sponsorship of our program. Chris Fanini is a writer with The Athletic, which is a very uh, very influential website when it comes uh, to college athletics. And, Chris, we know that you sort of specialize in the, in the group of five schools. We appreciate you coming on our show, first of all. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, so Southern Miss, uh, which obviously is the program that we cover here in Mississippi on this show, uh, moves to the Sun Belt along with three other schools. To kind of give us your perspective of how now the Sun Belt sets up uh, in the group of five conferences. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly exciting time in the league. You know, I did a I did a reader survey about a month ago basically asking fans of every group of five conference kind of how happy are you with the teams in your league? And the Sunbelt was through the roof. It was like 73, 80% of Sunbelt fans are really, really happy about the teams in the league. You know, I went to media days in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, and there's just a real just excitement about uh, what's possible there. And you look at the success the league has had in recent years, getting some top 25 teams in there. And with Cincinnati, Houston, UCF off to the big 12, next year, there's a lot of optimism that the Sunbelt could start to try to uh, position itself as the top group of five conference when it comes to football. And I, and I guess that would be replacing the American Athletic Conference. Is that still the conference that's considered to be the cream of the crop in the group of five? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. I mean, it's gotten almost every New Year's Six bid that was available to the group of five. Cincinnati obviously made the playoff last year. They'll be good again this year. Houston and UCF are still in the league this year. So the American is still the strongest league. But when those schools leave, I think it really opens it up for the Mountain West, for the Sun Belt, all to really kind of try to stake a claim. And where does, where does Conference USA fall with the loss of the teams that it has suffered? Well, it's, it's, along with the teams it's losing, it's losing nine teams. It's already lost three. It's losing six more. It's going to add some independents and FCS schools to get it up to, at the moment, nine members next year. Uh, it's likely they're going to want to try to add some more. We're still kind of waiting on that happening. But, you know, the league was already kind of a mishmash of a lot of schools. It will continue to be that. But I do think it will actually have more fans in the league that are happy to be in the league, if that makes sense. I mean, like Liberty mm-hmm. fans, makes sense. New Mexico State, Sam Houston, like they're excited to be in Conference USA moving forward. I do think that is a positive, although overall the league is obviously dramatically shrinking uh, in size. Luke? Chris, thanks for coming on. How realistically should, should the group of five conferences, and, I, and more importantly, the fans of group of five conferences, you know, kind of view themselves? Uh, I, I still say this. I was a former group of five football player. We're the only athlete that doesn't compete for a national championship. Um, Cincinnati, I guess, had a crack at that last year. But, you know, realistically, how should, you know, Southern Miss fans view where they land in, in you know, the landscape of, of college football right now? I think Southern Miss fans, 
specifically have to feel pretty great about where they are. Because, I mean, like I said, the Sun Belt's in a really solid position. Look, it's, it's not competing with the American or the Mountain West financially. The, the money is not the same there. But you've got, an, you've got a lot of excited fan bases who are going to fill stadiums. I mean, I, I put in my story like a week or so ago, I mean, App State sold out of season tickets. Troy's nearing a record. Southern Miss is going to have its most in a decade. Georgia Southern is nearing a record, coming off of a three-win season. There's just a lot of excitement about the Sun Belt itself, the new rivalries, the new teams, and what that means internally, kind of ignoring whatever else is happening elsewhere. You know, it's not about, hey, we got a bunch of teams who are definitely trying to get into the Pac-12 or something like that. It's, it's a bunch of schools that know what they are, and they're leaning into what they are instead of trying to be something they're not. And that that's what's, I think, leading to a lot of the success. Yeah, and I think a lot of Southern Miss fans are excited to watch their conference play each other this year. I watched the uh, the replay of Coastal and App State from last year. It was unbelievable excitement. You know, you speak of uh, you know what the Sun Belt they know their niche. How is this you know ESPN and and the Big Ten you know kind of uh, separation now? I think there's an opportunity for the Sun Belt um, you know to receive not not a, a ton of reward from it, but the, the Sun Belt surely will will get something uh, because ESPN is not working with the Big Ten anymore. Yeah, potentially. I mean, because ESPN doesn't have the Big Ten, that's going to open up a lot of spots, you know, spots that need to be filled. I think the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are going to be big beneficiaries, potentially, of that. But Keith Gill, the Sunbelt Commissioner, also announced at Media Day that they had expanded their uh, deal, current deal with ESPN to create more games on linear television. They didn't have, he didn't have an exact number yet of what that is, that's still being worked out. I imagine the Big Ten deal uh, was a factor in that. But you are there, there is going to be more Sunbelt on ESPN2, most likely ESPNU, stuff like that, uh, a little bit more moving forward. And with the Big Ten out, yeah, there could be even more of it now. Chris, looking, this is Kelly Sander. Looking at the, at the, the Western Division of the Sunbelt, it's generally assumed that uh, Louisiana is the team to beat, but the rest of the that side seems to be wide open. Let's be realistic here. Where, as the new kids on the block, where do you think Southern Miss will fall in that pecking order in the West when it's all said and done? Well, I think Troy is the clear number two at least this season. The, the, the roster set up pretty well. Um, they come over from the East Division into the West. I think they got a really strong defense. I think Troy is probably that number two team that could compete with Louisiana for the for the division crest. After that, it's pretty wide open, and I, I see no reason Southern Miss couldn't fit into that number three spot. I think South Alabama is going to be in that mix as well. But, you know, you see what happened with Southern Miss at the end of the year, winning two games without a quarterback when you essentially had nothing left. I think the team, I think everything, everybody just kind of grew up when that happened and that, that turned a corner in an unexpected way. And talking to Will Hall at, at Media Days, he's really excited about what that did to the culture of the team. You add in a bunch of transfers from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You try to build up that depth a bit, assuming you've got some healthy quarterbacks this year, which at the moment is true. Um, yeah, Southern Miss could be a team that takes a pretty good step forward to maybe get to that number three spot uh, in the West Division. So that that will be something that people are looking forward to. The start for this Southern Miss team could be especially critical when you're opening with Liberty and then having to go down to to Miami. Man, that's that's pretty deep water right out of the gate. 
Yeah, you know, as is often the case in the group of five, there's a lot of schools that have some really tough games to open up the, the season. Road games at Power Five schools sometimes that you know they'll pay a lot of money to do that. And as is typically the case, you got to get through those games healthy. Now, we, we, Liberty, we'll see. You know, Malik Willis is not there anymore. They're not going to be exactly the same team. But especially a game like Miami and stuff like that, you want to be able to get through those games healthy so when you get into conference play, you've taken the bumps from some of that non-conference schedule and you're able to, to, to succeed in, in conference play. Yeah, the odds the odds that any team at the collegiate level is going to have to go through eight different people Very at the slow. quarterback position, yeah, yes. almost unheard of. Chris, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. You probably know that Hattiesburg and South Mississippi, this is college baseball country. Great passion for the Southern Miss baseball program here. All of us guys on the show are big baseball fans as well, and we see the Sun Belt as being a, a step up as well in, in college baseball. It, with Old Dominion and Southern Miss entering the league in baseball, could become a really prominent uh, group of five baseball league. Yeah, I mean, that's not something that factors into the television money necessarily a ton, but it's a huge boost for the conference in a lot of sports. I mean, men's soccer, it's going to be one of the best men's soccer leagues in the country. But baseball specifically, you've got Louisiana Lafayette, you know, is typically top 15 in attendance. They got a lot going on there. There's a lot of strong baseball ties in the Sun Belt that I think Southern Miss, obviously with the success of last year hosting the Super Regional, Old Dominion, the history that it has, the Sun Belt as a conference in baseball is now going to be quite formidable. And that's a league that has really good attendance, too. So, like, these are the kinds of sports that, that can really get boosted by this move. Only about 40 seconds left. Real quickly, women's sports. Will, will the Sun Belt be a good women's sports league as well? Yeah, there are potentially some new sports that they could add and, and do some other stuff like that. Basketball in general, men and women, is something that the, the conference needs to get better at. It's, it's trying to work at that. Um, that'll be a work in progress. But, yeah, there's a lot of excitement about what the possibilities are, especially with ESPN putting all tons of softball games are going to be on ESPN Plus now moving forward. Well, that's great stuff from you, Chris. We really appreciate uh, you coming on our radio program and uh, hope to get you back on again in the future. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, Chris Bananini, everybody, from The Athletic, and a really informative guy. Good interview there. Just, just just a little bit lives in, in Dallas, just south of where those uh, the mean green of North Texas make their home up in Denton, Texas. Probably a cowboy fan. I so, yeah, I mean, living in Dallas, probably a pretty good well, chance. Not a lot of Bengal fans there, or, or Commodore fans. <laughs> That would be Commanders, Bob, not not the... Say you, say me, <laughs> say it for always. segment on this Wednesday, as always, brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Great place to train, get instruction, practice, and go by the pro shop. Get all the big names.
You there with us, Luke? I think we've lost Luke, Kelly. And maybe they got hit with lightning or something up there at the Laurel I don't Studio. Know, maybe a power outage or whatever. But he was talking about D1, D-Bat. It is a great place uh, to go for athletic training. D1 trains all adult athletes in every sport you can imagine. D-Bat, great place uh, to train kids in baseball and softball. Really big facility, too, air-conditioned and uh, in accordance with all the the cleanliness guidelines and COVID and all that. They're constantly scrubbing things down and so that you're in the safest possible place you can be to get that training in. And this is the off-season, if there is one, for baseball and softball. So keep in mind, D1 and DBAT training. Kelly Sander and Bob Getty from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. Again, Luke was with us just a minute ago. We were going to be talking about the, the big win that Southern Miss was able to capture when they played at the University of Nebraska under Jeff Bauer's uh, leadership. And we're going to run some some audio, actually, that was after the game, Bob, when when the interviewer was asking Coach Bauer about, you know, what a big win it was going to Nebraska and winning. And I think everybody was kind of taken back at the fact that, that uh, Jeff Bauer – you know, in as much said it, uh, it was it was just, it was okay. Well, you know, he you know? he used to take offense to that, and yeah. uh, I I you know I I get that. And uh, I, I, the two things I, I always thought were the coolest things I ever heard Jeff Bauer say. That came after Nebraska was a good example when he said that. Well, yeah, it was a big win, but I mean, you know, we were expected to win. We came out here expecting to win. Another time he was on his um, he was on his calling show. It was on a Tuesday night. And, you know, the you know calls came out about uh, why don't you play State or Ole Miss? And Jeff Bauer said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll play them in a parking lot if that's where they want to play. And whoever wins the first game gets the home game the next year. And we'll do that every year. Whoever wins gets the home game the next year. And we'll even start the thing out in a parking lot. I just saw it's just so cool. <laughs> of course, he got no response. And uh, well, that's always been the the blue collar attitude, right from from Southern Miss, and that you that they've always kind of been the uh, the stepchildren of State and Ole Miss, you know, so to speak. But uh, the, but all the things going on uh, in the Sun Belt now that no practice today. The football team is off today. They will get back to the gridiron uh, tomorrow. And then uh, really start – and you, you just worry about – man, you just don't want anything to happen to any – Hayes Maples had that freak accident in practice where he's going to be out now for the year just after he had completely rehabbed, right, to come back for this season. So you're just hoping any of these preseason workouts that something doesn't happen. And, and going back to the baseball season, and we've talked about that in this show, that's a big reason why the baseball team was able to be so successful is by and large everybody stayed healthy. You know, football's a lot different as far as, you know, physicality goes. But I'm just hoping that everybody keep our fingers crossed that everybody can stay healthy heading into the opener. Well, you know, we talk a lot about the quarterback injuries, and obviously that grabbed the headlines last year. You certainly don't want to see that happen again. But I think another area that's crucial to stay healthy is on the offensive line. I mean, I know they're working really hard to improve that. That, I think, is fair to say was – Maybe the biggest weak spot on the team. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we were t- Pat was talking about South Al earlier and their offensive line, right? And Chris Vanini was saying the same thing, offensive line, offensive line. It's a common thread with all the teams that the offensive lines have got to get better. But isn't it interesting that the guys that get the headlines are the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the running backs? 
You know, no, nobody says, well, we don't have very good yeah, running backs. And, and none of those guys do what they do without a good offensive line. Correct. That's that's my point is the offensive linemen, those poor guys never get any attention unless they hold somebody. Right. Or have a crock. Well, crack I'll, I'll tell you what, Kelly, blocker. I did read this last night. They are at SMU. Remember SMU? Yeah. Thirty three thousand dollars a player. Is what is what the deal is oh, what they've set up. Oh, well, so they're taking a pay cut. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, when I read those sorts of things, though, you we've had this argument a thousand times, uh, not you and I personally, but on this show, that's a professional football team. There's just no other way. They're getting thirty three grand a year in a free college ride, and that's a pretty damn good job. And and an SMU tuition that's that's not a public school. How many students at SMU would take that? Thirty three grand a year plus all your stuff's paid for. It's not. A, it's not a. It, it's not. And that's a. That's a group of five school. So this stuff is infiltrating into the group of five. It's not going to be just limited to the power five. No, that's that's a good point. The power fives are doing it just at just with bigger numbers. Correct. You know. Correct. But, but uh, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. It's uh, not anything that I I think is great. No, but you know, as we head closer to football season too, Bob, I'm proud of the 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 businesses in the Hattiesburg area really step. Look at all the remotes we're going to be doing uh, businesses Correct. that want us to go there just prior Correct. to the football season. I mean, we're going to be at Mobay Beignets. We're going to be back at, at uh, four street, four street bar and grill right there. And, um, Ramey Ramey, motors, Ramey motors. Gosh. Yeah. Just, By the way, real quickly, I know you're going to practice in the morning. We did send a couple of sound bites to the offensive linemen when you were trashing them last year. And we understand they're going to do like a two on one drill with you when you get there, Kelly. So we're looking we're looking forward to hearing how that turns out. Wait a minute. <coughs> I don't feel so well right now. It's the COVID. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Southern Miss. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.